Well, Dr. Dave Burrows serves as senior pastor of the Bahamas Faith Ministries International, which was founded by the late Dr. Miles Monroe, a friend of our church. Dave is a motivator, influencer, businessman, consultant, and mentor, and he was a long-time close associate of Dr. Monroe for over 30 years. Dave has pioneered many successful programs for youth and families. He's also served as an advisor to the Bahamas government on matters relating to youth. He's made significant impact on leaders around the world, churches, and entire organizations. Graduated from the Oral Roberts University, he has published 17 books and served as an executive director on five movies, and he appeared on many television programs hosted by TBN, TD Jakes, ORU, Dr. Fred Price, to name but a few, and he has spoken extensively around the world. It's a great joy to welcome Dr. Dave Burrows from Nassau, Bahamas. Give a, give a big hand of welcome. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. I'd like for you to stand. Now, I need to figure out what I did with the clicker. Maybe I left it in the room. Charlie. Praise the Lord. How's everybody doing today? I want you to repeat after me. I am excited. My spirit is ignited. And my soul is delighted. To receive what God has provided. Let's bow our heads. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for this day. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to receive from your word. And Father, we thank you, Lord, that your word never returns void. It accomplishes exactly what you set it out to do. And Lord, we come with great expectation to receive from you. And we thank you that even as we receive today, we will be edified and you will be glorified. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I bring you greetings from the Bahamas, the place where God lives. <laughs> <laughs> and um, as was mentioned earlier, I have some very special people with me. I have my daughter and my niece, Davrielle and Tebby. Stand for us. And then, and then I have my wifey for lifey. I'm going to ask her to come up and just greet you today on this Mother's Day. And I'd like to say happy Mother's Day to all of our mothers. Good morning. morning to the Roybert family and especially the children. I give you great sympathy being a mother myself, but you're some really strong girls and you're a testament to the goodness of God. And I'm going to share about you when I get back home. But may God strengthen you during this time. To the members, to the leaders and members of this church, it's a privilege to be back in South Africa and it's very special for me to be in the, your midst. 
your pastors start, and not just pastor, but your previous pastor and mom. Mom, I know you know mom, but I'm going to ask mom to stand. Mom is a true, gracious woman of God. And there's so much strength in this church. In fact, I can sense it when I come in here that some of you are the, some of the strongest people. This family has weathered a lot of storms, and it's something that we in the body of Christ can look to. So if you're weak in any way, I want to encourage you to come and have a conversation with mom. Any women you feel like you might need some strength from time to time, I want to encourage you to do that. Because the word does declare that we're to learn some things from the older women. And so it's a privilege to be here today. Mothers, be encouraged. If your children are not walking right, it's okay. You declare the word of God over them. You don't allow yourself to become discouraged, depressed, or despondent. Because your hope is in the living God. And you call those things that be not as though they were. So you call your children into their rightful position. You do not look at the circumstances because we do not live from the out in, we don't live from the outside, but we live from the inside out. And so you declare over those children who you've raised to be godly seed. I declare that my children will serve the Lord. And they will serve the Lord. And some are serving the Lord 100%, like my daughter, and my son is serving the Lord 80%, but I'm praying for the 20%. So wherever you are, your child might be at a 0%, but it's okay because you call them into their position and you call those things that be not as though they were. God bless you. Amen. Amen. That's my one and only wifey for lifey. <laughs> Amen. This morning, before I get into the Word, I just want to mention a couple of things that I brought with me. I brought some products with me. I want to mention those. But this is, some of you may have, may be familiar. How many of you are familiar with Dr. Miles Monroe? Amen. Well, he was my mentor. He was my big brother. I served in ministry with him for over 35 years. And he left a tremendous legacy. And I'm thankful to God that, I've been, that I was available to continue that legacy. And so I continue that legacy today at Bahamas Faith Ministries. So I also bring you greetings from Bahamas Faith Ministries. And this is the rest of my family. You met my wife, my daughter, and that is my son on the right. He's an investment banker on Wall Street in New York. And God is blessing him. Amen. When he was a young man, I told him, I said, I don't mind you having street credibility, but it needs to be Wall Street. <laughs> and so he's on Wall Street working on his street credibility, amen? <laughs> See, I had the wrong kind of street credibility, so he gets to have the right one. Uh, my, one of my latest books is called Kingdom Ambassadors, and that's what I'm going to be sharing on today. Unfortunately, the first service, they bought out most of the books, so there's only a few left. Uh, but I do have some copies of this one. If you're in a relationship, I really recommend this book. It does, it's not just marriage. This one is called Keys to Relationship and Marriage Success. So there's some principles that my wife and I, that we learned 
we wrote this book together, so we are sharing those principles in this book. And then there's another book that I wrote called The Laws of Good Success. God told Joshua, he said, I will make your way prosperous and I will cause you to have good success. A lot of people in life are having success, but it's not good success. So this book explains what's the difference between success and good success. And then this is a book that I wrote in tribute to Dr. Monroe, and it's called Transformational Leadership. And it contains 50 lessons that I learned on how to be an effective leader. This one was completely sold out in the first service, and it's called What God Wants You to Know About Food and Health. But no, none of those are available. Now, if you look at this picture on the screen and you say, who is that? That was actually me, okay? That was me as a teenager. And I, I was wanted for operating in an environment that I didn't have a license for. I was in the pharmaceutical industry, but I had no license. <laughs> and so some people came looking for me. They photographed me and did some other things, but this is my life story, and it talks about how I went from being a 13-year-old dope dealer to being a hope dealer. So I'm a hope dealer today, amen? And then this book is called How to Start and Run Your Business. If you are a citizen of the kingdom of God, you are, the Bible says you shall lend to many nations and not borrow. So in order to lend, you need to own something. And so I, I, I do a lot of sessions globally about how to start and run businesses because I, I've, I've started and run several businesses. I still have a few businesses that I operate. And so I encourage you to get this. Go own something. Go own something because that's, that's what God expects us to do. He expects us to be in ownership. And this book here is called Leadership Lessons for Youth. If you have a teenager, if you have a young person, don't wait until they're 25, 35 to be a leader. Teach them how to be a leader while they're young. And that's one of the things that I've been able to do with a number of young people. It's called Leadership Lessons for Youth, Kingdom Parenting, which I co-wrote with Dr. Monroe. And then this one also is another one that I recommend. Uh, parents, buy this for your children. Sex and dating, understanding the four levels of relationship. And so these are keys to having a a successful life. But we want to get into the Word right now. How many of you ready for the, to receive the Word this morning? I want you to know that your perspective is going to change today. Our topic for today is Kingdom Ambassadors, understanding your identity and assignment. Say that with me. Say, Kingdom Ambassadors, understanding my identity and my assignment. In life, there are three big questions that we all have to answer. There are three questions that are critically important to our existence on earth. The first question is, who am I? And sometimes when you think about this question, and somebody asks you, who am I, you give them your name. But in order to answer the question, who am I, you have to figure out who made you. If you don't know who you are, you can end up living your life below your privilege, below where, you ex where God expects you to live. So we have to answer this question, who am I? And that's what we're going to answer today. 
The next question is, why am I here? If you don't know why you're here, you can spend your entire life doing the wrong thing. But if you ever discover why you're here, you'll never work another day in your life. You know why? Because you'll be living out your purpose. Some people, they don't know their identity, and when you see them, you think their name is Nike or Gucci or Fendi. <laughs> because they don't know who they are. They live someone else's identity. The third question is, what am I supposed to do? All of us, we have a purpose. We've been designed to do something, but if you never figure out what you were designed to do, you can live your life lost. And the worst thing is to have somebody on earth that doesn't know their purpose. If you don't know the purpose of a thing, you will abuse it. You will abnormally use it. So these, questions, these three questions you must answer. In order to figure out our identity, we have to know where we came from. And in understanding where we came from, we have to ask our creator. Now, if you came from a monkey, I invite you to go to the local zoo and ask some questions and see if you can find out your destiny. But if you came from God, then you need to ask him why you're here and what is his plan. In the Bible, Jesus never referred to himself as a president. He never referred to himself as a prime minister, he never even referred to himself as a rabbi. He referred to himself as king. So Jesus is a king, and so we are related to a king. And in order for us to understand our identity, we have to first of all understand the king. Then we have to understand what the king made us for, what is our assignment in the book of Revelation, chapter 19, Jesus is referred to as the king of kings. When he was on earth, he constantly spoke about the kingdom. He said, thy kingdom come. And then he said, seek ye first the what? So this word kingdom is important. In John chapter 3 and verse 3, he said this. He said, except a man be born again, he cannot enter the what? So this kingdom must be important. It was so important that it was the central theme of his existence on earth. He constantly talked about the kingdom. And what is the kingdom? Sometimes we think the kingdom is church. Or we think the kingdom is religion. But man never lost religion. Religion, they say, is a search for God, but God is not lost. It's us who is lost. And so if we are lost, then Jesus came to find us so that we can be reunited with him. So he came to restore the kingdom, not religion. In the beginning, the Bible says this. He says, God said to man, he said, have dominion. In other words, rule this territory. So we are natural rulers. We are supposed to. You ever notice that you don't like to get instructions from people? All of us, we like to be in charge. No, nobody really likes to be an employee. We'd all like to be the boss. 
You know why? Because dominion is built into us. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And he said that this kingdom would result in abundant life. So he came to restore man into the kingdom because the thing that we lost was we lost our connection to the king. When Adam sinned, we were separated from God, and so we were separated from the kingdom of God. Jesus said that this kingdom would bring about revolutionary change. He said this kingdom would bring about abundant life. In fact, he said, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. So he said, I came so that your life can be better. I came so that you can have the best possible life. And I tell you, I'm a witness that since I reunited with Christ, my life has been infinitely better. Anybody else can testify to that. Anybody, your life has been better since you have reconnected with God. Well, see, the thing about it is, if your life is not better, then it means that you don't understand the kingdom. Because the kingdom is designed for you to have abundant life. An abundant life doesn't necessarily mean abundant things, even though abundant things are a part of the package. You see, you don't need things to enjoy life. You need life to enjoy things. And so Jesus came so that you could get life. And when you get life, everything else is a bonus. But many of us, we spend our lives searching for things and we never get life. So he said this kingdom would bring about revolutionary change. It would change the dynamics. So man never lost religion. He lost dominion. He lost rulership. He lost governance. The kingdom is so important that it is mentioned 162 times in the New Testament. That's how important kingdom is. It's mentioned over 100 times in the four Gospels. But the interesting thing about this mention of kingdom is that it was not referring to a physical place. Now, isn't that amazing? Jesus went about talking about the kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom, and yet he was not referring to a physical place. Every kingdom that was known before Jesus came always had a physical residence. So if you were the king of Greece, they can find the palace where the king lives. But Jesus said, I have come to restore the kingdom, but he said there's no physical location for the kingdom. In order to understand this concept, you have to understand the difference between the worlds. We live in a world that has several worlds. The first world that we know of is called the geos, where you get the word geography from. It means the physical planet. It means the dirt. And then there is something called the cosmos. So you have the geos and the cosmos. So God is saying to us that he came to bring a kingdom, but the kingdom is not located in the geos. He made a statement that was startling to his disciples. His disciples couldn't figure out what he was talking about. In fact, everybody thought he was strange because every time he kept talking about this kingdom, people kept looking for the kingdom to physically arrive. 
And so the Pharisees were asking him about the kingdom. The disciples were asking him about the kingdom. And they said, uh, where is this kingdom? And so Jesus had an answer for them. In Luke chapter 17, verse 20, he says, Now when he was asked by the Pharisees. So we see the Pharisees were asking about, about this kingdom. They heard him talking about the kingdom. So they said, show us your kingdom. Where is this kingdom? And the disciples, they, 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 they had the same question. They didn't know anything about a kingdom from another place. And it says, he said, when the kingdom of God would come, he answered and said to them, the kingdom of God does not come with observation. In other words, you cannot go to a location and say, the kingdom is here. He said, instead, nor will they say, see it here or see it there, for the kingdom of God is within you. So he said, this kingdom does not have a physical location. This kingdom transcends physical locations. That's why the apostle Paul could be in jail and he could be singing. Why? Because the kingdom was not based upon a location. The kingdom was an internal thing. So when you receive the kingdom of God, your environment and your circumstances become irrelevant because you are king wherever you are. You're not a king if you're in a palace. You can be in prison and be a king. So he said, the kingdom of God is within you. Touch the person next to you and say, the kingdom of God is within you. Now, the kingdom of God is within you for a purpose and assignment. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself. Through Jesus Christ. I want you to notice the word reconcile. It says, he has reconciled us to God. When you reconcile something, it means you bring people who are apart back together. If a husband and wife have a fight and they get separated, when they have a reconciliation, you bring them back together. So man and God were separated. And Jesus came and Jesus brought us back together. So he reconciled us. And then it says, he has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses against them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Say committed. So this is telling us that he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. So we have a commitment to carry on the reconciliation process that he started. Now, verse 20 is the clincher. It says, now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. Now, isn't that an interesting statement? It says, we are ambassadors for Christ. Did you know you were an ambassador? I'm sure you don't feel like an ambassador. But if he said you're an ambassador, that means you're an ambassador. And you should accept what he said about you. So he said, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. We employ you on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. For he made him sin. He made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. What I want you to notice is that he says in his word that we are ambassadors. So if he said we are ambassadors, then we have to understand, first of all, who an ambassador is, what an ambassador does. And so we have to understand what it means to be a kingdom ambassador. If he is a king and we are ambassadors, then it means that we are kingdom ambassadors. We are ambassadors 
for the kingdom of God. Is everybody with me? Now, I want to explain to you, Brother Charlie, I need to borrow you a second. I need you to come right here. And uh, Brother Andre, this, this is, okay, Brother Andre, you're going to be king this time, okay? <laughs> so now, in order to understand who we are and what we are assigned to do, we have to understand the concept of ambassadors. Where did the concept of ambassador came, come, come from? The concept of ambassador came many years ago before they had email, before they had fax machines, before they had airplanes. So if a king wanted to communicate with another king, he would have to physically go to the territory. So if the king of England wanted to meet the king of France, he would have to leave either by boat or, or horseback or whatever it is, and he would have to travel several weeks to go and meet with the king. The only problem was that if he left his kingdom, if he had to communicate with three kings, he could be gone for three months. While he's gone, there are some people in the kingdom who wanted to be king. So he had to create a position that replicated himself so that he didn't have to go personally. So that's how the, the, the concept of ambassador was created. So to illustrate this, let's imagine I am King David the first. Everybody say, hello, King David. <laughs> and over here, this is King Andre. Everybody say, hello, King Andre. <laughs> now, I need to get a message to King Andre, but I also have several other kings that I need to communicate with. So I cannot go myself. So what I have done is I have appointed Charlie, who is an ordinary citizen, but I give him my name. I give him credentials to represent me. So I train him on how to represent the king. And that's what the position of ambassador is. And so now he goes to represent me anywhere in the world and some interesting things happen when he meets with the people I send him to. So first of all, I have trained him and I have given him a message to give to King Andre. So the, I've, I've, I've appointed, I've anointed, and I've given him credentials as ambassador. And so now he's qualified to represent me. So Ambassador Charlie, I want you to go and send my message to King Andre, but here's, some, here's something I want you to remember. As an ambassador, he cannot change my message because it's not his message. I don't mind how he delivers it. If he has to swim, fly, whatever it is, that's up to him. But he just has to make sure that the message gets there and he doesn't change it. So you go ahead and, and take the message to King Andre. Now, when he arrives... To King Andre, <laughs> King Andre greets him, but he does not call him Ambassador Charlie. What does he call him? What does he call him? What does he call him? He calls him Your Excellency. 
Now, how is he calling him your excellency and I am your excellency? He is calling him your excellency because I have given him my name and I have qualified him to represent me. Are you with me? Thank you very much. So God has called each one of us as ambassadors. We are sent into the world. We are called. We are anointed. We are appointed. We are given credentials to represent the king. So we can go into the world and say, I am on a mission from the king of kings. That's who we are. That's our identity. We are kingdom ambassadors. And you see, the problem is a lot of us, we don't realize who we are. And when you don't realize who you are, you live like someone else. So we are on a mission of reconciliation. We have been given a diplomatic assignment. And our assignment is to restore relations between God and man. Are you with me? Now there's an interesting thing that happens. Whenever there's a reconciliation, there's rejoicing. We are ambassadors, but we are kingdom ambassadors. And not only are we kingdom ambassadors, we are also good news ambassadors. Do you believe the world could use some good news today? Well, that's why you're here. If you don't tell them the good news, how are they going to get the good news? When you turn on your TV, when you turn on the CNN, it's murder and mayhem in the AM. When you, when you listen to your music, the music doesn't make any sense. My humps, my lumps, my bumps. All I want to do is zoom, zoom, zoom on the boom, boom. <laughs> we are singing things that, do not, uh, that does not uplift us. In fact, it degrades us. But you know why? Because the people who are singing these songs, they don't know the good news. If they, go, if they knew the good news, they would change the verses. I remember I was speaking to some young people one day, and, you know, there was a popular song at the time, and the song was uh, by 25 cents, I mean 50 cents, and it said, uh, <laughs> it said, uh, you can find me in the club, bottle full of bub, and I told the young people, I say, I say, you know, that he's singing the wrong song. He's supposed to sing, you can find me in the church, Bible in my hand, when it comes to offering, I'll give the 50 grand. <laughs> So Jesus has commissioned us to go and, people, and tell people good news. Isn't that a wonderful job? Your job is to go and tell people good news. The people who respond to the good news, they're reconciled. You are not responsible for the people who don't respond. Because as an ambassador, you are only assigned to fulfill your mission. You're not assigned to complete the mission. The power of the king completes the mission, not your power. So all you do is you represent him. Now let's talk about representation. So we are commissioned by the king. We are given an assignment. When Jesus said to the disciples, he said, go into all the world, it was actually a commissioning ceremony. It was a diplomatic release. He was releasing them into the world as diplomats. If you don't believe me, listen to the scripture. John chapter 20, verse 19, it says, Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood at the midst of them. And I like how Jesus arrives. You know, his arrival is so good news-ish. 
So he met the disciples being depressed, and they were so concerned that, you know, he had died, and they had all of these concerns, and he just walked into the situation, and he said, peace. <laughs> Be of good cheer. I and I am here. <laughs> it says, when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Say that with me. Say, glad when they saw the Lord. Do you know people are supposed to be glad when they see you? You know why? Because you are good news. People are supposed to be glad when they see you. People are glad when they see the Lord. You know why? Because he brings freedom. He brings peace. He brings joy. So you should be glad when you see the Lord. And if since you are an ambassador for Christ, people should be glad when they see you. The problem is a lot of us don't know who we are. So people are not glad to see us. They run from us. Because first of all, when we approach, we don't bring good news. We approach people and we say, you know, my brother, you need to come to Jesus. It's going to be a rough road. You're going to be climbing up the rough side of the mountain. But if you hold on, my brother, one day you're going to make it in. Does that sound like good news? Now listen to what Jesus told them. Jesus said, as the Father has sent me, so send I you. What is he saying? He's saying, the Father sent me into the earth to represent or to represent the kingdom of God, and I am sending you in the same way he sent me. You see, you have to understand who you are. You are very important. He is saying that he sent you. Whatever your name is, he sent you. I know you're thinking that he sent someone else, but he sent you. And you say, well, I'm not qualified. Well, he qualifies you. You say, well, my name is no good. He said, well, I give you my name. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It says, and when he had said this, he breathed on them, and he said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the governing power. When you're an ambassador and you are released, you know how they greet you? They say, Ambassador Extraordinary Plenipotentiary. You know what that means? Ambassador Extraordinary means you're not an ordinary person. Plenipotentiary means full powers of the government behind you. So you are sent into the world as an ambassador, and you have the full backing of your government. And when you go out, your name is not important because you are not going out in your name. You don't cast out demons. You don't say, demon, come out in the name of John Brown. <laughs> because demons don't recognize John Brown, but they recognize Jesus. Amen. And so when you go in his name, then people recognize you, not because of your name, but because of who you represent. So who or what is an ambassador? First of all, an ambassador is a called, appointed, anointed person to represent the king with credentials. When you are born again, you receive your credentials. If people say to you, well, what, what degree did you have? You say, well, you know, I've never been to college. Yes, you've been to college. You have a BA degree. You have a born again degree. <laughs> so you have credentials. You have credentials to operate in the earth. Say this with me. Say, it's awesome to have been chosen. Say, hallelujah, I've been chosen. Hallelujah, I've been chosen. 
I want you to know today that you are a credentialed diplomat. Now, here's the problem that most of us have who are believers. We don't think like ambassadors or diplomats. We think like refugees. <laughs> and you see, when you think like a refugee, what does a refugee do when they go into a country for the first time? They find the most discreet place. And they go and hide. And whatever they receive, they're happy with. And that's the mentality of a lot of believers. We hide and we wait for the world to do everything. And we said, okay, you know, um, we just here, yeah, we just pilgrims passing through. You are passing through, but you are passing through as a diplomat, not as a refugee. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Say this with me. Say, hashtag ambassador, not refugee. <laughs> Say it one more time. Say, hashtag ambassador, not refugee. Let me tell you something. Don't get it confused. I'm not a refugee. I am called. I am appointed. I'm anointed. I have credentials. When I arrive on the scene, I am your excellency. You see, if you don't understand your identity, you will live your whole life confused. You will live your whole life undervalued. Can you imagine you're an ambassador, but you're living like a refugee? We have to understand our identity. He is called us ambassadors. We are very important people. That's the person next to you. Say, you are a very important person. We are children of the king. We are ambassadors. Amen? Amen. Anybody happy to be an ambassador? Amen. Here's something else that I want you to remember about identity. Never take on the identity of sheep. You know, sometimes we say, well, you know, uh, we are just sheep. Let me tell you something. You are sheep to God, but you're not sheep to the world. You know why? Because even Jesus is not sheep. Jesus became a lamb for the purpose of getting slaughtered. That's what lambs do. They get slaughtered. I had an, a nephew who, who had some sheep, and then he had a pit bull. And one day he came, he came home and met the pit bull eating the sheep, and the sheep wasn't even crying. That's how stupid sheep are. You see, you don't want to be sheep. You want to be lion from Zion hard like iron. Jesus is called the lion of the tribe of Judah, not the sheep of the tribe of Judah. And so when we take on his identity, we take on a lion identity. Remember that he was only a lamb for a purpose. But his true identity is king. It's lion. So we are sheep to God, but we are lion to everybody else. Now let's talk about your assignment. So you know who you are. What is your assignment? What is your identity? You're an authorized messenger. You're a representative. A representer. Re means to do again or come back. Where did my time go? <laughs> Present means to put on display. So here's what you have to remember about who you are. You are a representative of the kingdom of God. So a representative represents. Re means do again and present means to put on display. So you are supposed to put on display over and over again the attributes of the kingdom of God which causes people to be attracted to you. Are you with me? 
Jesus put it this way in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 14. It says that to present means to make a prominent exhibition of something in a place where it can be easily seen. In Matthew chapter 5 verse 14, he says this. He says, you are. Everybody say this with me. Say, I am. Now, see, this is a, a bold statement. He says, you are the light of the world. So he's actually saying, you are the light of the world. In other words, if people don't see light in you, they'll never see light. He said, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket. But they put it on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and, and glorify your Father in heaven. So we are supposed to shine. When you go around the world, you're supposed to be shining. Your assignment is to shine. Can you imagine that? The Bible says, arise and shine. For the glory of the Lord has risen over you. So you are assigned to shine. Say it with me. Say, I'm assigned to shine. I'm assigned to shine. So we keep putting on display the attributes of the kingdom of God while we're on earth. And as we put on the attributes of the kingdom of God, it causes people to be attracted to us. Say this with me. Say, hashtag, till I die, I represent the most high. You see, young people ask me one time, they say, Pastor Dave, what's your motto? I say, my motto is, till I die, I represent the most high. Till I dizzle, I will never fizzle. <laughs> so here's what happened when you represent the kingdom of God. And I'm closing now. Here's what happened when you represent the kingdom of God. It causes people to be attracted. Why? Because you bring good news. This young man here, his name is Raymond. We used to call him Double Six. He was from the streets. He was a secular rapper, rapping about guns and girls and killing people. But he got attracted to the kingdom of God because of what I was displaying. And he gave his life to Christ. And when he gave his life to Christ, everything got better. His life started changing. He went to college when nobody expected him to go to college. Today, he's married his wife has a master's degree. He has a master's degree. He owns two or three businesses. He travels around the world speaking and sharing the gospel. And here's a young man who came from the streets. Now, what caused the change to happen? Because an ambassador was representing the kingdom of, of God on earth, and somebody saw the shine, and they were attracted to the shine, and then they started shining. That's him today. This other young man here, at 13 years old, he was sleeping in cars. He was a part of a gang. His mother was insane, and he didn't know who his father was. But one day, some guys who were shining met him, and he gave his life to Christ. Today, he's a husband. He's a father. He owns two businesses. He's also an artist. His music has been on the charts in the Caribbean, in Canada, in, uh, in Germany, and Japan. All because he got attracted to the light that was shining through an ambassador. I want you to know today that somebody needs your shine. Somebody needs to see you shine. Somebody needs to see you represent. 
The problem that we have is a lot of us, we are in the world and we are not representing the kingdom of God. We are living and acting like refugees. People don't need to see a refugee shine. They need to see an ambassador shine. I want you to stand on your feet. I want to encourage you today. Whatever you're going through, whatever's been a challenge in your life, God came, Jesus came to the earth to fix it. He said that we should have life and have it more abundantly. And so he made a way for us. And the thing that we have to do is accept it. And when we accept it and we accept our identity and our assignment, then we become responsible for sharing that good news with other people. I'm going to ask my wife to come a moment because we want to say a prayer with you. And today we, we want to pray especially for persons who are going through relationship issues. I want you to, first of all, repeat a prayer after me, and then I'm going to ask my wife to pray. I just feel like the Lord wants us to pray for relationships today. So I want you to just say this prayer with me, and then she's going to lead us in a prayer for relationships. Just repeat after me. Father God, you made me in your image and your likeness. You gave me a purpose and, I, and, I, and, I, and an identity. And today, Lord, I embrace my identity. I am an ambassador of the kingdom of God. I will not live like a refugee. I accept your name. I accept your power. And I accept my assignment. I will go into all the world and I will tell them the good news. And through my shine, others will be drawn to the light. I thank you for using me in my home, in my family, in my community to bring the good news of the gospel of the kingdom to my environment. Lord, I thank you for using me in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask my wife to pray. Father God, I thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunity to approach your throne. Father God, we come as people, Lord God, wanting to obey your word, wanting to live at peace with all men. Your word declares that as much as is light within us, we should live at peace with all men. And so, Father, I pray a general prayer that we fix the relationships in our lives. Lord God, and I pray a specific prayer, starting, Lord God, with the members of this church. Father, I pray that if there's any member who does not have a proper relationship with the pastor, Lord God, that they would humble themselves and go, Lord, to the pastor to ask to be restored in the name of Jesus. For those who may have ought against each other in the church, that they would go to each other even today. For those husbands who have ought against their wives, that they would go and ask their wives to forgive them. For wives who have ought against their husbands, that they would, Lord God, lay it at the altar today in the name of Jesus. For children who have ought against their parents. For parents who have ought against their children, Lord God, for whatever reason. We pray, Lord, for intervention, divine intervention today in the name of Jesus. 
Lord, for people who are holding their mothers hostage, Lord God, because of things done in childhood, I pray that they would release them today in the name of Jesus. People holding in fathers, people holding in parents who have been deceased, I pray I break that spirit of hurt, bitterness, and unforgiveness over their lives today in the name of Jesus and that they will not carry around baggage with them. The Lord is saying that some of you are carrying around baggage with you that's weighing you down. And he wants to free you today. And if your parents have gone on and things have hurt you, or children have passed on and they've hurt you, I ask you to release it in the name of Jesus today. Because whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And the Word declares that perfect love casts out fear. And so we come against that spirit in the name of Jesus. And so God, I thank you for relationships being restored today. Thank you that we are seeing ourselves, God, even in our relationships as ambassadors, Lord God, to carry your word and your will. That we do not have a refugee mentality even in relationships. That young women who are in relationships with young men who mean them no good, I pray that for them to be separated today in the name of Jesus. I sever them in the name of Jesus. And by the blood of Jesus and ask for right people to be drawn to them for those young women who are heartbroken pray that you would provide healing those young men who are heartbroken that you would heal their hearts I pray for those young people in this church and older people in this church who are desirous of being married that you would bring the right person to that young lady in the name of Jesus and that you would give the young man or that older man the courage to approach the young lady. So we declare righteous marriages in this house in the name of Jesus. We bless you. We thank you. We praise you. We give you glory. And we bless the shepherds of this house today. We bless them, Lord God. We pray that they would be blessed, Lord, going out and coming in, that this church would never lack. Thank you for the presence of God. Never leave in this place in the name of Jesus. And we will shine for you, God, only you. We will decrease so you would increase. And so we bless your name and we thank you for these blessings in the name of Jesus.